0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: The Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by STN Sports from Station Casinos. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What is up, everyone? Welcome into the Golden Edge Podcast, podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey and at this point a lot of other stuff too. Uh, I am Ben Goetz, one of your Golden Knights beat reporters at the RJ, uh, joined from their respective bunkers by my good colleagues Dave Shane and Adam Hill. Uh, guys, uh, to start with you, Dave, how's quarantine continuing for you? <laughs> I got the.
0: Uh well with a cj McCollum beard going i, I don't know i don't want to make the the joke where that obviously leads but yeah it's getting uh it's getting pretty scruffy over here
1: adam uh how's it going for you
2: well i think it's the uh to me it's the big ben beard i don't know if you guys got to see that that was a a bit of a train wreck but get the big big Ben beard going and uh it looks like joe Thornton. yeah yeah, that's a pretty good comparison if we're going to go hockey, since we probably should. And uh, and I also am just watching a lot of, uh, I guess, Netflix and just obsessing over Tiger King, which is now running my life.
1: Yes, Tiger King is incredible. Uh, everyone, if you got time, watch it. Uh, language warning, because it is kind of rated R. But it's phenomenal. Uh, we're not just going to talk about our Netflix recommendations, though. We are going to talk some hockey today, specifically... Uh, We're just in the bulk of this podcast talking about the nice prospects and kind of what they have coming up through the pipeline. Because at this point, what else are we going to do? We're just trying to get creative as much as possible. Uh, Before we do that, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. Today, we are presented by Untucket. Um, And a quick reminder, make sure to check out all our coverage at ReviewJournal.com. We're working really hard to come up with creative angles for you guys to enjoy if you want to read about something that of course is not quarantine or coronavirus related right now. If you do want to read about coronavirus stuff, uh, all our coverage is also free at reviewjournal.com right now. So I encourage you to check that out, the latest information and everything. But once again, we're going to try to provide a little escape from what's going on in the outside world and uh, talk a little hockey. A quick update where the NHL is at before we dive into kind of the main Topic of this episode: uh, Players are still in self quarantine. The NHL actually moved uh, it back. How long players were going to be in self quarantine? They were supposed to be out of it on Friday. Now that's got pushed back another ten days, I believe. Uh, other than that, there's not really a whole lot else to kind of report. No decisions have been made on when and if we're going to get the rest of the season, or the playoffs, you know, the combine, the draft, the NHL awards here in Las Vegas. Uh, how free agency is going to be affected that's all still up in limbo everything has a big fat uh, tbd on it which is kind of true for everything in the sports world right now because things are kind of changing you know day by day hour by hour so no one really knows how this is all going to shake out uh we did get some uh, nice news though uh zach whitecloud signed a two-year extension worth uh dollars in average annual value on sunday so he uh, avoids restricted free agency he also picks up some security in a uh, pretty uncertain time. So uh, good for him. Uh, Dave, I'll get your quick thoughts. How do you feel about uh, that deal?
0: I mean, I thought it was a good kind of cost certainty to use, you know, George McPhee's phrase and and Kelly McCrimmon. And I mean, it locks in basically six defensemen for next year. And if you're going to look at salary cap stuff and all that sort of, Things which eventually is going to come into play in all this, like you said, he, I mean, he took a pay cut. He went for basically the security of having two years rather than, you know, maybe getting like a qualifying offer and then having to do this all again. So he's got two years. He knows exactly where he's at. The Knights know exactly, you know, what they're going to pay him and, and they, they kind of have an idea of what they can work around the payroll. He's been impressive, I guess you could say. I mean, he came in. It's interesting because it, it makes you wonder how close he was or if he had made the team coming out of training camp and if the injury hadn't happened, if things would be different, if he had been around, if it had affected Nick Haig or you know, things like that. I, we'll never know. But obviously, since Pete DeBoer came aboard, they seemed to want to take a look at him, and he, he played well enough that, that he seemed to solidify his spot in the lineup and, and certainly secure his future and earn this contract.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think what's impressive about Cloud is not just how he's played so far as a rookie. Uh, He's 16 games into his rookie season, so uh, nothing else happens. He's technically going to maintain his rookie eligibility, Uh, but it's also just kind of the person he seems to be off the ice. Uh, Adam, we obviously had him on this podcast uh, just right before everything kind of shut down. And I mean, what struck me about the conversation that we had with him there was not just like this guy's a... A smart hockey player who like knows what he's doing on the ice which is clearly something that sticks out about his game but like he's just kind of an impressive dude for a 23 year old do you agree
2: yeah i think so and i think that's part of of wanting to keep around i think that's what has impressed uh the organization about him he's, he's kind of mature beyond his years he's a guy you know you uh, talks to a lot of young players they're kind of um you know less assertive maybe about uh, their thoughts and just he just comes in and he said, "Hey, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be." And uh, I think they look at him as as a bit of a leader, even though he's kind of young and a guy that can develop into that down the road. And I think a big part of that, really, just kind of getting to know him a little bit, is the fact that he wasn't one of these big time prospect guys. I mean, most players that make it to the NHL, I feel like, are way ahead of their of their years and ahead of their peers as they come through the ranks. And he's a guy that you know he talked to us. He was like, he was never in shape. He was never an elite athlete. He's a guy who. Uh, Just kind of, okay, I guess I'll go play college and see what happens. And he just kind of, you know, kind of found himself a little bit. And I think uh, that kind of helped him develop as a person uh, as he came along the way. And I I think you can tell just kind of talking to him that uh, he's a guy who um, just just believes in himself now and and is just kind of coming into his own as a a person. And, And that has been really a standout factor about him in the locker room.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that's really fascinating, one of the great ironies of White Cloud's career that you kind of touched on there, is you know the Golden Knights GM Kelly McCrimmon uh, was the owner of the Brandon Wheat Kings, where Zach White Cloud grew up. Like there's this major junior team that McCrimmon runs, where White Cloud grows up, and they they completely overlooked him. And if you talk to White Cloud, he'll say they were right to overlook me because I wasn't good at the time that kind of the the WHL was you know picking players and stuff, and then ends up going to Bemidji State, which is his only college scholarship offer. And he thinks he's not going to play right away. And then he ends up, you know, playing a huge role as a freshman and, you know, becomes a college free agent after his sophomore season. you know, gets signed by the Knights and has basically one full year in the AHL. And then, boom, is up in the NHL. So it's just been a crazy ride for him going from someone who was just so-so. Unheralded enough that his future GM even overlooked him, you know, even though he's right in his backyard. So now said GM is signing him to a two year contract. And I guess we'll transition. Speaking of uh, said GM, uh, Dave, you had a nice story over the weekend talking to Kelly McCrimmon about, you know, what this whole situation has been like for him, what he can kind of even do at this point. I mean, it sounds like he's definitely staying busy, but just I guess what were some of your takeaways from? Talking to Kelly over the weekend about what's what's been going on with him, basically.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, unfortunately, the takeaway is that there's just not a whole lot of answers, really. You know, everybody's kind of in a in a holding pattern. Everybody's waiting to just see how this all develops, whether that's you know the NHL office or you know, obviously, health organizations, and and certainly you know everybody above that. I, I it's he was very clear that you know th- there's bigger yeah. things and and yes it's disruptive and yes they have questions about salary cap or when is the draft going to be or you know are the awards still going to be held in vegas like all the all those things all those questions that we all have you know obviously he has too but right now there's just not a whole lot of answers so at this point they're just kind of preparing they're doing to stay ahead and and stay ready for any kind of scenario that, that comes at them. And, you know, for now they're adjusting their scouting in terms of, you know, there's not the eight under 18 world championships to watch. There's not the NCAA tournament to watch. They're kind of doing a little bit in, in college free agency. He was pretty clear about, we have a very small list and and a very narrow focus when it comes to college free agency this year. Obviously, they signed Jake McLaughlin to an AHL deal, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be real busy. Otherwise, I would imagine at this point, it's, you know, kind of talking to Jack Dugan and, and other sorts of things. But, you know, he was pretty clear that there's things to keep him busy, but obviously the calendar's different. It, the things that you're used to doing at this point in the year you can't really do. So they're kind of working on the fly a little bit like everybody.
1: Yeah. Um, So you brought up some interesting things there that we're going to get to soon. Of course, the whole scouting side has been tremendously affected, which, you know, might hurt the Knights more than a lot of teams, because as we'll get into in a second year, they've been really good at scouting so far. And despite only going through three amateur drafts, they have secured a lot of talent. And we're going to talk about that. In a second here, I just wanna give one last plug to check out uh, Dave's story, talking to McCremmen on ReviewJournal.com. He also talked to Nate Schmidt and had some great stuff. But we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna to get to our Golden Knight Prospect Breakdown.
0: Ever wonder why traditional button ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked, no matter your size or shape. Their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50-fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order.
1: All right, so we're back and we're going to head on down to the farm to talk about how the Golden Knights prospects are doing. Uh, it's a pretty good, I guess, season to kind of talk about this because we're seeing the first kind of wave of Knights draft picks slowly trickling into the NHL. You know, Cody Glass and Nick Hag obviously made their NHL debuts this season. Uh, so did Jake Bischoff. He and Kolas are engaged Quinny, And then uh, White Cloud, who we've already talked about, and then Nicholas Waugh didn't make their NHL debuts, but they kind of became regulars, especially for the back half of the year. And both those guys were playing key roles uh, right before the NHL season paused itself. So uh, I thought to kind of quick do an overview of the night system, which I should mention off the top is pretty highly thought of, even though theoretically Glass and Hag have now graduated from prospect status. Um, and I think the best way to preview it would just be to go through kind of their top 10 prospects that we had at least this season, Dave, you had a piece in the preseason kind of ranking who you thought were the 10 best guys. And I thought we could just go quick 30 seconds on each recapping how they did and kind of stacking up, you know, what this farm system is like and the kind of shape it's in right now. So Adam, you were given the uh, first pick in this very scientific draft I made. As to the prospects we're going to talk about and you got their top prospect before the season which was cody glass so your time starts
2: now oh uh, i thought there was like a buzzer or like some kind of a grand entrance or something i wasn't sure what's going on um so yeah cody glass is a guy obviously i was just doing my stopwatch on my phone okay good enough uh cody glass is a guy that obviously very very highly thought of uh by the organization and the fans and everybody was excited to see him at this level and i think what you got to see was flashes of the brilliance that everybody knew Cody Glass possessed. There were some, some real highlights uh, and, of course, some real inconsistency, which is what you would expect from a guy uh, who's who's that young kind of coming in and, and trying to contribute at this level. And he was also playing out of position. So I don't think there's a whole lot you could judge uh, on Cody Glass necessarily uh, in those terms, but I think what you saw from him in, the, in those great moments Uh, was what has people excited about Cody Glass but then an injury and and, you know people were very nervous about a couple injuries coming in and now he gets injured again this year and the knee seems to be an issue so uh, I think the biggest thing people want to see out of him is uh, some full health going forward and and what he can do when he's able to be fully healthy.
1: Thank you that was way longer than 30 seconds and I'm gonna start getting aggressive after this. Uh, I'm up second and I've got uh, Nick Hay, a guy who Kind of had it rough where he scores his first NHL goal in the last game before the All-Star break and then is never seen uh, in the NHL again. Uh, you know, DeBoer kind of swaps him in White Cloud in terms of prospects he's given a chance. But you see what there is to like about Hag. You know, he's got the size. He's got a shot. He's still figuring out how to use his size and his offense at the NHL level. He's still got to work on his skating a little bit. But he's still 20, so there's still a lot of upside there. Dave, you're up next with uh, Peyton Krebs.
0: So number 17 overall pick last season, obviously a guy that, you know, they're going to project pretty highly. And the biggest thing with him was how is he going to play coming off the Achilles injury? He had suffered that before the draft, uh, kind of a freak accident where he was cut. It was severed. uh, And he fell maybe a little bit in the draft and the Knights kind of benefited from that. He had 60 points this year, 38 games, obviously, you know, showed he can dominate at that junior level. We'll see. Coming into next year, if he's able to make the team, he, I would expect that he would be back at juniors for one more year, still kind of developing and, and physically maturing. And then the other guy, obviously, after that is Lucas Alvinus. And maybe he's one of the biggest surprises, I would say, of the system. He was a fifth-round pick uh, the first year in 2017. He was over in Sweden developing, and and there was some intrigue with him. Wasn't sure how he was going to adjust to the North American you know, system and rank and and all those sorts of things that, that come with it. And he certainly had no problem with that. Twelve goals, 36 assists, and 59 games uh, for the Chicago Wolves. Uh he ranked fourth among AHL rookies. He made the all-star team. So a big season for him, really, and, and really puts himself in position where or he's a guy in training camp you have to look at.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then he was the number four knights prospect. Number five, we've already talked about a little bit, but that's Zach Whitecloud. You know, he's not the flashiest guy. He doesn't have this like sky high upside like a Hag, but he's just so steady, and that's what you you know like about him is he makes the smart play almost every time. He's very you know calm on the puck. He makes good decisions. He's a guy that you could easily see carving out you know a long NHL career just as a guy who's on a second third pair and then on the penalty kill, and you just can rely upon. And so he was number five on the list. Adam, you've got number six. Uh,
2: Dylan Coughlin. So Dylan Coughlin, I think everybody kind of was aware that his offense was ahead of his defense. That's his his real calling card is his offense. And am sure you saw him take a dip in numbers, but about the same amount of games. But uh, his numbers were down uh, in, the, in the scoring department. Uh, went from I believe it plus plus four to a minus nine. It was, it was in that area. Went had about a thirteen. Uh, you know, difference on his plus minus. But at that at that time. Chicago Wolves were a much better team last year. So I think you can uh, chalk that up a little bit to that. He's been focusing on the defensive end. And that has impacted his numbers a bit. So uh, I think you, you write that off and say he's a guy who knows what he needs to work on, and that's what he's doing at, H- at the AFL level. I think his offense will be there uh, by the time he gets back up to the NHL. Um and, and that's what uh, the Golden Knights want out of him. They want to see that offense, but he certainly needs to clean up on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, and then you're up uh, again, Adam, with number seven prospect. And I'm going to butcher... This pronunciation because it's Russian uh, Pavel uh, Dorofeyev. I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark at that, and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. But uh, Adam is a promising forward prospect.
2: Yeah, and any time that he's been around, the brief you know time that we've seen him, uh, he's really stood out on the ice. His skill is unquestioned, uh, and a guy who uh, last season was able to put up some big numbers. Now he took a step up to the KHL, and the numbers just weren't there. Uh, I, I don't know that uh, they can really he can really be expected to have you know a huge offensive output uh, at this age trying to play in the KHL, but uh, certainly the skill is there. It shows up when you see him play; he just wasn't there on paper this year. Uh, didn't see it in the stats, but I think there's still a lot of excitement around him.
1: Yeah, and then next up, uh, I'll take uh, the basically the big college uh, guy that the Knights have right now. That is, of course, Jack Dugan, who is uh, currently as we're talking right now. A top 10 finalist for the Hobie Baker Award for best college player. He had just an outstanding uh, sophomore season at Providence, which included scoring a goal at T Mobile Arena as part of the Fortress Invitational. And Dave and I actually got a chance to sit down and do a brief podcast with him if you want to check that out. But I mean, he's a guy who's, you know, a winger who's got enough skill and grit where you can kind of play him up and down the lineup. Uh, he, of course, was college hockey's leading scorer with 52 points, 10 goals, 42 assists. But because of that, like I said, that ability to play up and down the lineup, he's definitely a guy where I would guess he starts in the AHL, but I think you could definitely see him uh, make an impact next year. And now we're down to the last two on our top 10. Uh, Dave, you're going to take number nine, Jimmy Schultz.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if we'll see him on this list anymore. I mean, one for age, but two, and I mean, maybe people can question this again. But, I, uh, you know, how much of a step back, I guess, or or maybe how much of a step forward did he take this year? Uh, he wasn't able to play an NHL game. He had six goals, 15 assists, uh, 52 games with the Chicago Wolves. But for a guy that came out of college and was an older prospect, you know, 24, uh, 25-ish when he signed and, and all of that, you would kind of expect him to push, you know, a little harder for an NHL spot. And it never really seemed to happen. We'll see uh, with him being an RFA and all that next year, if he's able to do that. Uh, but there's a guy at number 10, Kaden Korzak. I think he's a little bit down the road. Uh, He's still developing. He was a guy that was taken in the second round last year, but had a really, really, really good year for Kelowna in the uh, WHL. 11 goals, 38 assists in in 68 games. And for a guy that was, you know, kind of pegged as more of a steady, you know, stay at home maybe type guy, he showed some offense. He showed he can move the puck uh, and do some things, almost a point per game. So from that regard and then cutting down his penalties, it, it was a really good year for him. I, physically, he's going to need to mature. He's he's going to be a couple of years off probably, but I think he's a he's a guy to keep an eye on it for the future.
1: Uh, so, Dave, I'll ask you just kind of what's your thought on where the Knights' development pipeline, you know, is right now.
0: I mean, it's always interesting to me because when you look at it, it they've done such a good job in the later rounds. You know, Elvinus is a fifth round pick, Dugan is a fifth round pick, Duroviev's a third round pick, like. It's not like they loaded up on first round picks or something like that. They, you know, I mean they actually traded away two of them. But for them to be able to find, you know, guys later on in the draft and and kind of supplement that with, you know, Krebs and we'll see who they, you know, are able to land this year and, and how all that shakes out. You know, obviously as as we are recording this, the NHL announced that the draft and the award show in Vegas and the scouting combine are postponed. So we'll see how it all works out for this year. But it's interesting because 2018 was kind of, you know, compared to the first draft and, the, and then last year's draft, it doesn't seem to have been as productive. And they actually have three kids, Connor Corcoran, Xavier Bouchard, and the goalie Jordan Coy, who were unsigned. And normally the deadline or the critical date for that would be June 1st. And if they don't sign them by that date, then they would be back in the draft and any other team could sign them. Uh, the Knights actually did that with uh, Jermaine Lowen, who played last year, or, or I guess this year, uh, down in Chicago on an AHL deal. He was a former Dallas draft pick and never signed. So we'll see what happens with those three guys, but you know, there's also a couple guys that really uh, elevated their stock and weren't on the list this year, especially uh, Peter uh defenseman out of Quinnipiac. He's going to go back to school play his junior year there but he really elevated himself uh put himself in in line to nearly make the canadian world junior team last year uh we'll see kind of where he's at with the organizational depth chart especially after next year and he'll be a little more physically developed and and further along where he can kind of push maybe for an nhl spot well we'll see where everything shakes out with that but but i think him and then even uh, the goalie uh, yuri patera and uh brandon really kind of you know did himself uh, a, a whole heck of a lot of favors had a really good year and uh you know kind of elevated himself within the organization as yeah well. there's a lot of guys that have had
1: good seasons in the Knights' kind of organization which is why like kind of mentioned when we started that top 10 list i mean the Knights' farm system is pretty well thought of i think on most lists i know the athletic did rankings in uh, January, it was 10th. I believe they're relatively high on ESPNs, too. And that's despite, of course, graduating Haggin' Glass, which tells you that the depth of the system is still pretty good. And that comes back to younger guys like DeLibatore, who are a little bit farther out developing. But uh, where I want to turn to next is guys that we might see provide an impact next year. We touched on a lot of those in said top 10. I mean, I mentioned, I think Dugan's a guy who certainly should get his feet wet in the AHL, but... Because he's older, he's 22, he's gone through college, that might be a guy that can, you know, be on the cusp. Same as Lucas Elvinus, who's had a really good year in the AHL. That means he's kind of, you know, one step away now uh, from really making an impact with the Knights. It might take, you know, an injury for that to happen for him just because he's kind of more of a top six guy, I think. And then uh, obviously there's, there's Nick Haig too, who played, you know, about half the year in the NHL before kind of being shelved to the AHL. But uh, being shelved to the AHL will be a lot nicer, I think, for these prospects next year because they won't be going all the way to Chicago. They will be going to kind of, you know, Henderson slash the Orleans. I mean, obviously the Henderson stuff still being built, so they're for sure going to play next season, you know, if and when that happens at the Orleans next year, the nice AHL franchise. So, I mean, Adam, how much do you think kind of, this whole you know, development system that we're talking about right now is going to be impacted by that move and is going to be impacted by basically just being right where everything is happening at the NHL level too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would like to say that you're going to see more moves, but that's almost impossible from the Golden Knights at this point. Uh, so I don't think that's going to be a part of it. But it just, it's just so much more convenient to have your guys around, not only, uh, not only for their sake, I mean, because when guys are getting shuffled around, it's so much easier to just go over to Henderson. But for the organization to be able to see these guys every day, see their development, see how hard they work, and you get the reports on those things and you're around the organization enough, but just to have them all around uh, is su- such a nice feature uh, for an organization. We've seen it uh, in, in baseball through the years. When it, when an organization is able to have their AAA team closer, it's really beneficial. Uh, so I think that's huge. And, and the the bigger thing to me that I think our listeners are really going to care about is the, the ability to really keep an eye on these guys. I mean, you're going to be able to – you know, see them practice and see them play on a regular basis, and and monitor how they're doing. And so, you know, when we start giving updates on these guys, they're kind of out of sight for a lot of people because they're over in Chicago. They haven't actually seen them. And from now on, you'll be able to actually, you know, experience uh, their their kind of rise and how they're playing uh, when they're at the HL level. So I think that's going to be huge for the fans. It's definitely big for the organization to have that around. And uh, uh, even bigger for the organization is the uh, the financial aspect of that, which. Uh, They're going to be very excited about the extra money coming in as well.
1: No, totally. And I think that's going to be a really popular thing for fans and certainly a cheaper option, as you mentioned. And, you know, the way this system is shaped up right now, there's a lot of guys that are certainly going to be worth the price of admission. And the Knights could add even more guys to that haul. They have five picks right now. Whenever the draft is held, as Dave mentioned, it's been postponed for now. But the Knights have a first two-thirds, a sixth, and a seventh round pick. Uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but as Dave kind of mentioned, they've squeezed a lot of lemonade out of their lemons so far. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Golden Edge Podcast. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do with your podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Please do it with this podcast. Please check out all our coverage at reviewjournal.com. If you have any ideas, send, us, send them our way. We will be happy. Uh, to take them and make sure to uh, stay safe, everybody. That's really the most important thing right now is stay safe, stay healthy, and don't go outside uh, if you don't have to. Uh, our thanks to SDN Sports Mobile from Station fitness for sponsoring us. Our thanks to Untucket for presenting us. We are the Golden Age Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys again real soon.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard.